My name is Alexander Medic, and you are listening to Disruptive Development, the podcast that shares inspiring stories of disruptive thinkers and doers from global development. In the Disrupt Storycast, development professionals tell stories, stories about transformative ideas or innovative projects, impactful products, groundbreaking systems, or new partnerships. In this episode, Tanya Akon will share the story of how UNICEF scaled a culture of innovation in their global institution. Another key part of that culture is to completely just demystify and democratize innovation. Tanya Akon has been at the forefront of advocating for and leading groundbreaking initiatives at the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF. As senior advisor on innovation at scale, she has led UNICEF's Global Innovation Center, to support 90 countries to identify, adopt, and scale innovative solutions that have changed the life of over 130 million children and their communities. Tanya joined UNICEF to design the organization's first internet strategy and led its implementation in more than 100 countries. UNICEF received the internet equivalent of an Oscar, a Webby Award, from the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences in recognition of the excellence of part of this work. She went on to establish and lead the organization's human capital futures and analytics portfolio. In fact, in the public sector, in the nonprofit and development sectors, is that many of the incentives that the private sector has, um, which would be you know, innovation that's tied to kind of profit, efficiency, some very, very concrete, more easily measured outcomes. So not to say they are easy, they're just more easy to measure and to put your finger on. Um, we don't have that because our the impact, the outcomes that we care about of two, three, four orders out, and they can't always be tied very neatly to, you know, we did this thing and then it changed the world because that's not, you know, that isn't accurate. Um, uh, that isn't, isn't an accurate accounting of this. Um, so I think we also have a challenge where our, if you say our, our kind of the development sector business model and its timeframes um, are not always well aligned to help us create that culture. Um, you know, there are very few um, donors who are ready to say, you know, let's let's put some funding here for something that we're going to try, but we're we can't guarantee that this is going to be the result. What we can guarantee is we're going to learn a lot that's going to help us, you know, move forward in our understanding and solve better in future. But it's possible that you know the funding that you're putting down may just fund learning. It was not necessarily going to come up with the ideal result because that is part of innovating, is failing. And I think that, you know, the, the, the really lack of appetite for risk, which is also kind of understandable when you're dealing with especially um, public sector donors or government donors who are giving you, you know, um, their, their, their national funding towards, um, you know, aid and development makes that also quite difficult because that's really where a significant proportion of, of funds do come from. That said, we've been very fortunate to have, um, you know, governments who have funded, um, you know, very experimental parts of our work, um, uh, like Finland, like Norway, for example. But even with that in place, um, there is also other kinds of disincentives in our cultures in that um, either uh, people are so in love with the idea of innovating, we end up with constantly doing things at the early stage because it costs less, because it can be accommodated, you know, in our programs more easily than actually the business of scaling things up because scaling things up takes longer. It's much more, uh, you know, you, you need a longer funding cycle than saying to someone, here's some funding and come back 
within a you know 12 months with a report and how this is this has worked um you know that that scaling something up takes a much longer commitment period and ironically you know development should care about the scaling side of innovation much more because that's where the impact the outcome the sort of sdg exactly. achievements are going to happen but that's not always where sort of the funding flows. Um, but I would say, you know, the government um, of, the, of the Netherlands, you know, Belgium and, and any others and, and large, you know, um, corporate partners as well, um, understand that and have been, you know, very much helping us to do that work for which we're, you know, extremely thankful. Um, but you do, you know, you do have that tension. You have, you know, so that's really the framework that people are trying to innovate within. Um, but as I um, mentioned a bit earlier, I think another key part of that culture is to completely just demystify and democratize innovation. Um, well, one of these things is is essentially we are we are we will be moving actually away and evolving from this kind of cent one single center on innovation and really you know trying to create multiple centers where we can have processes of lots of staff and partners and and uh, you know and academics and private sector and etc coming together coming in and out and actually working on solving problems together um, where we can go away from the idea that somehow if you have innovation in your title that gives you some sort of special status or you know maybe that means you're coming up with light bulb moments every day and then i think the final thing to mention is i think we have perhaps cultures that are quite risk averse um, and that really to give everybody a chance wherever it is that they're working um, you know we we are trying to work a lot with our managers so anyone who supervises one person or more how do you create psychological safety how do you um, find your own um, risk appetite or how do you increase that space what is it that's going to help you feel more comfortable with that what do we as an organization need to do in order to support you and then really you know we've built out kind of a manager's toolkit around really practical things about oh, what wow. are simple things you could introduce every day simply you know, and it could be really simple things just to create more of that enabling environment exactly. that helps you know provide space and opportunity to think differently to do differently yeah, yeah, yeah. So you put a specific emphasis on basically capacity strengthening of all the employees at UNICEF yes. in the headquarters and the country offices. I think that's, um, that's a great exactly. example of how you can create a culture of innovation. But at the same time, it also takes time, right? It's also about behavioral change of, of your colleagues. And exactly. I mean, behavioral change is not easy done, of course, um, but it is definitely doable. Um, so thank you, uh, Tanya, for providing more information and, and your experiences on how organizations could potentially create a culture of innovation in order for them also to be better able to build innovations, to ideate innovations, to implement innovations, and in particular also to work towards the biggest impact of what we all are striving for, of course. It's reaching that scale and reaching that sustainability with innovation, solutions, our projects, products, programs, um, whatever we do. Um, so I think it's a very important combination of not only focusing on projects, but also internally on organizational skills and knowledge on how you actually can make that happen. Um, and I think a combination of both is uh, desperately needed uh, more in global development. Um, so thank you again for providing um, uh, your vision, your experiences and ambitions on innovations in global development and the work UNICEF is doing. And good luck with your future innovative ambitions. Thank you so much, Alexander. This has been a wonderful conversation. Um, and thanks again for the opportunity to have it and to share it further with your listeners.